TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Driving with DeMarco on this beautiful Monday, May the 20th. Now, for those of you who are listening on a different day or time, I appreciate you going back and listening to these, but I want to establish where we are. Uh, I'm recording this before Monday's Raw, at which point we will have a new championship introduced. So it'll be interesting to see, is it a hardcore title? Is it a Legends title? Is it another women's championship? I've heard all sorts of things suggested out there. Uh, my initial thought was a hardcore title. Now I'm kind of leaning towards a, a like a 24/7 wild card, defended in, in anywhere. Really, just trying to create another element of must-see TV. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, it's you know could be just a ratings ploy. Who the hell knows? We will find out soon enough. But my name is Greg Demarco. As I established that timeline for you at Chairshot Greg on the Twitter. Now it's funny if you're going back and you're listening to old episodes. Like, this is episode 41, and let's say we're now into the hundreds. All right? If I ever get the Greg DeMarco Twitter handle, I will be at Greg DeMarco. Right now, it's some dude who's done five tweets and nothing in the past seven years. But I don't know how to get that from the Twitter. So I am at Chairshot Greg on the Twitter. The website is thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. That's at thechairshot.com on social media. We have the hardest-hitting reviews, opinions, analysis, all done with the attitude that you've come to know and love. And that is written content and podcast content because this show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which is done, of course, in conjunction with thechairshot.com. we got a lot of great shows. Raw Reaction coming up for you this Monday evening. Greg DeMarco Show tomorrow night. Hashtag Miranda comes out on Wednesday. You've got The Outsider's Edge, Pot is War, DWI, Chair Shot Radio, and so much more. we got a couple of new things coming up here in the next couple of weeks as well there. So new content on the written side, new content on the audio side. This show is, of course, part of the audio side, and one way you can support this show, along with everything we do, besides the reading, besides the listening, besides the sharing, is heading on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up your very own chair shot t-shirt we got 14 different designs uh, i won't go into too much detail but i'll tell you about the hashtag save tag team wrestling design because last night we had one non-title match on the kickoff and that was it so let's save tag team wrestling together and you can help us do that over at thechairshot.com we encourage you of course to always use your head the title of today's show unless i shift gears at all will probably be knowing your background or remembering where you came from or something in regards to a background because this is a little bit different i i I alluded to this this morning and we'll see where this topic takes us this weekend i was fortunate enough to serve as a producer for impact zone wrestling's izw reunion 
now IZW promoted events from the year 2000 to the year 2010 shut down operations at that point and did not come back until this past Saturday night May 18th just a few miles away from where the shows used to be uh, and it was just three year, uh, 10 years to the day of one of the biggest title changes in IZW history and we had one of the, a rematch of that match at the IZW reunion I mean this was just a hell of a night and a very important night to a lot of people and I want to talk about this because when you read stuff on Twitter and when you read people's tweets and you read whatever you don't know what their background is you don't know what their frame of reference is you've no idea where someone's opinion is coming from because yeah an opinion is just your thoughts your opinion but opinions come from some form of education some form of knowledge that shapes your opinion and that's why what I do is so different than pretty much anybody else online. Now, I found some like-minded folks, and they tend to find me as well on the social media. But in my line of thinking and coinciding with running a website and doing all these podcasts and everything else, I think it's unique. Maybe it's not. And if there's somebody else doing it better than me, hey, I apologize. I will step my game up, send them my way. But I got to produce a show this past weekend. Now, what does that mean? Because producing has a lot of different connotations to it. In this case, I stood out there uh, at a table close to the ring, about three rows back. There were couch seating there because the company used to use couch seating, so that was the VIP section, but neither here nor there. I stood uh, a few, you know, the equivalent of three rows back from the ring at a table where the sound was, where the bell was, where the ring announcer would come through and, and a little bit, you know, maybe not even 10 feet away from the entrance to the ring. And I called the shots. I basically queued up the music and said when to press play, when to ring the bell. I communicated with the referees in terms of when to go home. I kept the show on track. I made adjustments on the fly when entrances were too long and I had to cut match times and, and tend people to go home early because they were losing the crowd, which really only happened once. Things like that. And that was during the live show. And during the pre-planning, we had to make adjustments because someone couldn't be there. We had to market the show in the weeks and months leading up to it. We had to, you know, you get there and you have to make some adjustments for the physical venue itself. We had a tribute video we needed to play. We had to get that screen up there. The video, you know, everything was great. And then after intermission, we kept losing our video feed because we had a static photo up there before we played the video and it kept going blue screen on us. And so you know, just all kinds of things that I had to manage. I also had to communicate with the back because the way the building was set up, I didn't have act, I didn't have communication, direct communication with the locker room. So I had to, uh, there was a gentleman who would run between myself and the locker room and deliver messages. And if he wasn't there, I sent my son that back there because my son's job was to get all the gimmicks from around the ring as the wrestlers got rid of those. And, and so to put this show on took many, many hats. Now, I did not own the show. That was owned by somebody else, uh, a gentleman by the name of the Navajo Warrior, who ran IZW for 10 years, who brought back IZW. And this show was a fundraiser. This show raised money for a gentleman by the name of Jerry Gray, who lives in Orlando, Florida, who has been battling cancer and has a lot of costs associated with that, not just the cost of, of the treatment for his cancer, but everything else, covering all those expenses that you can't cover because you're dealing with cancer treatment. I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, my worst enemy's worst enemy. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody knowing what I know and what I've learned through this experience. And we were able to exceed expectations in terms of the amount of money that was donated. But this show also meant the world to the fans because there are a lot of fans who don't come to local wrestling shows since IZW shut down 10 years ago. 
And so this was a stroll down memory lane, and it did leave people wanting more. Uh, and that was not the point of this show, but it was done to be a tribute to IZW, to be a reunion, a celebration of everything that company did, of all the talent that came through IZW. And you may not think about these kind of things, but we had names come through IZW, like Sarah Del Rey, who is now backstage working for WWE, like John Cena, like Samoa Joe, like Frankie Kazarian, Joey Ryan came through IZW, so many more, and I apologize for missing some of those names, a ton of talent that made it to the developmental level, and, and you know, and maybe didn't get it past there, got on TV a little bit, and, and there's so many different names that went through that promotion, uh, and the owner, the Navajo Warrior, is really an unsung hero of professional wrestling. Uh, I won't go into what his day job is, but you see and maybe play on your video game system the, the results of what he does for a living. But he is a well-known name amongst anybody within the business. You ask somebody who works for WWE, they know who he is. And I got to work with him, and that was a great pleasure of mine. I've produced shows he's been on before, and that's how that relationship was built. But to produce a show, you got to think about this. I'm five foot eight to give you a sense of where I am. My wife, by the way, is 5'10". I'm literally two inches shorter than my wife. My 13-year-old son is 5'7". He's going to be past me probably by the end of the summer, uh, if not sooner, which was a year sooner than everyone predicted because he's growing like crazy. My kids are getting their, their height from the wife's side of the family. My wife, by the way, is, is the short one, and she's 5'10". So think about that. But you know, I had to command the respect of these professional wrestlers, and you have people that are in your corner who are going to vouch for you and everything, but, you know, I had to cut time off people's matches, and I had to make sure people knew what they were doing, and I worked with two different legends within the wrestling business, and I won't name drop them because I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to toot my own horn, and, and that sort of thing, but, you know, well, I, I, again, I'm trying to give you, it's for your benefit, I want to give you the frame of reference, so we worked with the Hoggy Talk Man, we worked with, uh, you know, of course, WWE Hall of Famer, greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Had to make sure his segment went off and was well produced. Also worked with uh, former WWE and new Ollie Wrestling Ring announcer Justin Roberts. And he had an appearance on the show that we had to coordinate. So all that had to come together. And it had to be run in a certain time frame. show started at 7 p.m. was supposed to end at 9.45. 9.45, when we were in the planning stages, was the upper limit. And by the time I timed out everything that was planned, I had to cut to get it to 9.45. During the show... I was actually able to get things over the show ending Battle Royal to end before 9.45. Now there was a celebration afterwards for Navajo Warrior, the, the guy who behind IZW. All that took us past time, but that's a celebration. That was more than warranted. No one had any complaints about that. Motorcycle guy needs to slow the hell down before he hurts somebody because traffic's stop and go right now. But put it all together and, and we're in a position to where we put on a great wrestling show. This is not the first time I've done this. I had my first experience in the world of professional wrestling in the summer of 2006 when I moved back out to Arizona and I worked as a ring announcer for a company called Rising Phoenix Wrestling. And then my role in Rising Phoenix Wrestling grew, did more with marketing, did more with ticket sales, did more with setup, did more with all that, had more input in how we ran the shows. Eventually, we started partnering with IZW. I came over with that, started doing more work for IZW. Eventually they split again. I stayed with IZW because I learned while in IZW that the RPW people were selling me a bill of goods, didn't really know what was going on. So when I learned all of that, I stuck with IZW and I was better for it. Fast forward to 2010, I actually worked with and for Ring of Honor. 
as they put on two shows here in Phoenix, Arizona, I was what's called the local promoter. I was even paid for that. I was paid, the check even said on it in the mouth, local promoter fee, is, is I was paid for that. I've told the story at 411 Mania on the Greg DeMarco Show about that check and, and what it did. And, and maybe without going into too much detail uh, to clue you in on what I'm getting at, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was a high level of elasticity for that check. Or maybe it was a Super Bowl bouncing down the road, so to speak. But uh, that was made good by the company. And uh, not even in the long run. It was, you know, not too terrible of a turnaround time to make that right on their part. And I appreciated that. But as a local promoter for Ring of Honor, I coordinated everything here. I got the building, which they had to fly out and tour and all that. And I did all that. Had to get the generator. Had to get the guardrails. Had to get the chairs, which came with the building, so it was good. Coordinated security, which came with the building, so it was good. Lights. Had to get the lighting company on board. Had to get a ring for for them because they weren't going to transport their entire ring out here. All that had to be done. Even little things like, like like making the call to change the start time of the Saturday show because it was WrestleMania weekend. And that Saturday night was the WWE Hall of Fame. And there was concern about being able to, to get everybody there in time. So I remember talking to my contact at the time with Ring of Honor telling him, hey, we need to move the start time of this show because if you factor in travel time, people will be late to the Hall of Fame and you don't want that backlash. Within an hour, the, the change to the start time was announced on the Ring of Honor website. So... I had an impact on those shows as well. Now, come showtime, it was great because they had their own crew out there. We didn't do very little, since with the setup, and then I ran the spotlight. So again, you talk about, you know, see a need, fill a need. I remember, you know, doors were open, people were filing in, and guy grabs me and he says, hey pal, Vince McMahon, by the way, not the only person who says pal. Hey pal, do you know anybody who can run a spotlight? And I was like, well, how hard can it be? He says, you know, probably pretty easy. Tell him how to do it. We thought around, and I looked over at Patrick O'Dowd, who had flown out for these shows, because we were going to kind of sit in a corner up towards the front. Let's go sit on a scaffold and run a, and run a spotlight. We did. We sat on a scaffold that was about 8 to 10 feet off the ground. He was, like, bummed at first because we weren't having our front row seats, but I got to tell you, those seats were absolutely perfect. We had the best view of the whole show, running a spotlight when spotlight was needed, and the rest of the time we were sitting there elevated, enjoying our time. So that was the experience with Ring of Honor. Involved in the setup, involved in the teardown, involved in the door, just involved in every aspect. Uh, I'm taking too long. I've promoted my own shows. I had an opportunity to do that multiple occasions. Uh, that was a learning experience that, that could be a whole week's worth of these shows when you're the person, you're the ultimate person who's in charge of everything from start to finish for a wrestling show. I had some great help. A guy by the name of Joe, JV, he knows how much of a great help he was, but I promoted. I could go in a long story. I also then booked and produced for another wrestling company out here. I've alluded to them in the past before they went over. And that brought me to what, what I did this past weekend with IZW. But I viewed it as a responsibility that I was trusted with. I needed to put on a show and coordinate a show that was going to be a proper, a fitting show for those fans who've been waiting 10 years to see Impact Zone Wrestling again. And when I was with Impact Zone Wrestling before, I was a character. I was an on-screen character. In fact, my character, his primary motivation at the end of IZW was to put a dagger through the heart of the promotion. I was representing a different organization, and I, my character's job was to, was to end the organization. And that happened. Now, it didn't happen because of my efforts. It didn't even happen in storyline because of my efforts. And we could have played that up at the reunion show, but my days on stage are over. I didn't even suggest that because I didn't want to do that. Other people, the day of the show was like, you know, we should have done this but I had no desire. 
Plus, if I did that, I then couldn't be out there running the show. And that was the most important job that I could have. But to have so many people come up to me afterwards and thank me for running the show, and the responsibility that I had for that show almost didn't sink until afterwards when it was all over and I had an opportunity to, to digest it. And that was Saturday, and today's Monday. And so, you know, 48 hours ago, I was there getting ready to prepare for the show. 48 hours ago from right now when this is being recorded, I was downloading music because we didn't already have music set. And I walked into that, and I was like, great, let's fix it. And we fixed it, and we made it work. The reason why I tell you this story is because you've got to think about the background and the frame of reference. Think about the things I write. People give me shit all the time because I tend to give the business answer. And there's a reason why I give the business answer. Because I've been on the business end. And I understand that the booking decision that you as a fan may love or hate leads to things on the business end. Or is influenced by things on the business end. Professional wrestling is a business. And businesses exist to make money. For-profit, non-profit, all that is is an accounting structure. That's all it is. Businesses have to make money or they stop being businesses. That's the way it works. And that's why so much of my primary focus, and it's going to come out in almost everything that I write, is business. The article I wrote today, titled Box Office Bar- Brock, excuse me, Box Office Brock and the New WWE, was rooted in business. Box Office Brock is a business term. The show I did this morning was about that. Box Office Brock and the New WWE. And that's what it was all about. And the reason why I share this with you is because that's where it all comes from. Because I made my first appearance, my first assignment, my first experience behind the scenes in the wrestling business 13 years ago. And compared to some people, that's a long time. Compared to other people, that's nothing. But that's my line of experience. So when I answer questions and when I give an opinion and when I have a perspective that I try to offer to you on a near daily basis... It comes from those years of experience in the world of professional wrestling. It comes from what I've seen work and not work. What I've felt work and not work. What I've had to adjust to. What I've had to overcome. Obstacles that I had put in front of me. Obstacles that I inadvertently put in front of myself that I had to overcome and learn from. And that's where that perspective comes from. And I hope that you listen to this and I hope that you hear that because that's our big idea today. Think about the perspective. Think about the experience of the opinions that you're listening to. If you ever have an opportunity to work for a wrestling show, do it. Take advantage of it. Now, I do that with a caveat. If you're going to fuck it up, don't go. If you're going to go volunteer at a show and you're going to dick around or you're going to act like a mark, don't fucking do it. Because you, you will probably hate the business even more. Because they will not be appreciated. You will probably get an earful. You'll blame other people. So if you're if you're blame other people guy, or you're blame other people girl, or you're somebody who just doesn't want to, to serve and doesn't want to deliver, and it's all about you, don't do it. But if you truly want to get a better understanding of this wrestling business, and there's an opportunity to help, and there's an opportunity to work, do it. Just remember, mouth shut, ears open. Just learn. If it's your first time ever at a wrestling show, don't make booking suggestions unless somebody asks you for them. And if they ask you for them, you should probably decline if it's your first ever show that you're behind the scenes at. But just learn. Just soak it all in and you'll realize how hard it is 
to put this stuff on. How hard it is to book a show. How hard it is to settle on a creative decision that falls in line with a creative direction, that falls in line with a corporate direction, that falls in line with sponsorships and marketing and all kinds of high-level board of directors bullshit that you got to deal with because you're WWE. That's just insane. Think about that perspective. When you're out there and Joe Tweeter is telling you that, you know, fuck this company because, God damn it, Brock won the Money in the Bank briefcase and I'm never watching this again. What the hell does that person know? And don't tell me they know what they like and that's their opinion, man. There's a difference in the amount of education that comes behind an opinion. And I know I'm getting a little worked up over this. It's a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. Think about the perspective in the wrestling business. And for those of you who are listening to this that have some experience in the business, do yourself a favor. Because I call people's bullshit out on Twitter all the time. Probably more than I should. Take yourself back to before you got on the other side of the guardrail. Take yourself back to before you had the experience and remember what it was like. There are some things that people on Twitter will just simply never understand until they experience the other side. And that's not something that that is just readily available to a lot of people, nor should it be. It should be hard to find your way into the world of professional wrestling because the world of professional wrestling, it's, it's been around forever. It'll be around long after we're all gone. And it's that way because it's protected. We've got to protect the business. Those of us who are in the business got to protect it. Those of us who are trying to get in got to understand the protection. It's kind of like my fraternity when I was in college. My fraternity when I was in college built a process that was designed not to let all the right people in, but to keep all the wrong people out. And it was flawed in that that regard because there were times where we did not let people in who should have been in who would have been great members of the organization. But we didn't let people in who would be shitty members of the organization. That's how our process was built. And that's how wrestling is. There are some people out there who would be fantastic members of this business who just don't get the opportunity through no fault of their own and through no fault of those people who could put them in that position other than circumstance. There are people who deserve the opportunity to go further in this business than they did through no fault of their own. That's just the way it is. Right place, right time. Or you weren't in the right place at the right time. That's just how shit goes, man. That's You know the old saying, that's just how the cookie crumbles. That's kind of how it is in the world of professional wrestling. So don't get upset if you can't work your way in. Keep at it. And if you are lucky enough to get in, listen and learn. Because it's going to be a really eye-opening experience for those first couple of shows while you're out there. You know, just offering to set up chairs will give you an earful of things you never thought you would hear. And that can really help change and shape your perspective and possibly help you like and enjoy what you see on television that much more. Now, if you get super deep into it, you may not. It might actually ruin it for you even more because you'll see some of the things that happen and question them from a different perspective. I've managed to help myself not do that or at least suppress that and keep that in because if I rail against it on social media in that direction, I'm going to ruin it for myself and a lot of others and I'll never be doing this podcast, this website or anything like that again because I'll probably be covering football because I'm not on the inside of that or something like that. So I've rambled on too long. Big ideas for today. Number one, think about perspective. Number two, I am truly grateful and thankful for the experience I had this weekend. And I, I will put this out on social media. 
now that I've had a chance to let it all soak in, but to Navajo Warrior and everybody associated with Impact Zone Wrestling, I say thank you. I, I bow to you. I defer to you. All deference. Because it was an amazing experience, something I'm extremely proud of. Probably one of the two most proudest moments of my wrestling career. My first ever PHX wrestling show, where we drew 400 people, packed the house, made a shit ton of money. I put on a great show uh, at the Arizona Event Center. And this one, where we packed the house, made money for a better reason, and put on a hell of a show for those people who truly missed their IZW product. So thank you all for that. I'm not even going to plug shit right now because I feel like this is such an important topic. I'm just going to thank you for listening, for supporting us at The Chair Shot, for supporting me and everything that I do. I support this website. I pay for it. I put it out there. I, I pay the people that I'm able to pay, and we have a few people on the staff that do get compensated for the work they do. They're not compensated enough, but they are compensated. I keep the site running. I keep the social media going. We have some things that we've paid for that we pay for to, to automate a lot of things. I do all of that. So anything you do to support us, whether it's getting more eyeballs to the site and increasing our advertising revenue or buying a shirt or anything like that, it helps offset those costs that I'm talking about. So thank you. We love you for that, and we thank you for that. And that's going to do it for this edition of Driving with DeMarco. My name is Greg DeMarco. I really do appreciate everything that I'm talking about here. I'm still on a high from this past weekend, from a great show on Saturday, a great Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Wrestling is great. Wrestling is amazing. And I'm just in love with it again. Uh, I didn't really fall out of love with it again, but I'm even more in love with it right now than I was, say, uh, when I woke up on Saturday morning. So that is a very important thing to consider now. So thank you for listening. Thank you for humoring me and my rambling at the end of this show. And I will talk to you tomorrow on the AM edition of Driving with DeMarco.